Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Football. Energy drinks. Beer. More football. Welcome to Bink at Night. Oh, that's right, Nicholas. We're 87 days away from opening day of the Kansas City Chiefs. 87. It's 87 too many. Well, it's hotter than that today. Yeah. I don't need to tell you all. We do this show all the time. Remember we did it when it was cold as hell? Mm-hmm. It was like minus 10. You're like 100 degrees now. Did get a little cloud cover this morning. I was rooting for the clouds. Like you have two choices. Do you root for the sun or do you root for the clouds? Right. I rooted for the clouds. Guess what? I lost. I honestly, I didn't leave my house until I came here. Good. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's good for you. Yeah. Well, regardless, Nick Price, Jay Binkley, in for Bink at night. Good seeing you. Good to see you too, Bink. Old Nicholson had some trouble getting in here last night. Yeah, but you know, he's got great people like me to get his back. Well, he's in his dad. Yeah. His dad's the one who had to pick his ass up. Drive him here, deal with his car, and it's like, dude, it's Father's Day this weekend. You better be hooking that man up. Yeah, right. You better be whatever hooking you, that man up. Whatever you got, go back and get some more. Now he's tweeting about the Pelicans. Like most likely team to seek relocation. There you go. Get on that, Kansas City. There get on go. it. Get on it. Bring him in. We get the Red Sox coming in town tomorrow night. You and I will be here this weekend. I'll be in here with Vern. I'll be in here with you for 610 Saturday. We start at 130. Yes, sir. Be a lot of fun. What sucks is Ben Attendee can't play the old uh, Red Sox, right? I know. Can't play him. Man, he'd be such a difference maker right now for him, too. He's you know playing what, so well. You know what? Slayer's starting to step things up a little bit. A little bit. Whit Merrifield's doing his thing. Yep. Sal Perez keeps being a menace. I mean, he can't do everything. I know he did strike out there at the end of the game, but he can't do everything. What do you expect him to do? He's got absolutely no protection in the lineup. Yeah. He's had Hunter Dozier and Jorge Soler. What do you What do you want? And I know people are upset at the pitching coach or the hitting coach, Terry Brad, uh, Shaw, great quarterback for the Steelers. You can debate it on the Kansas City Royals, but right. let's, let's face it. Dozier had his best year. Soler had his best year with him, but he can't do everything, right? Like he can't go out there and hold the bat for him. No, and I also think that a little bit of this cracking down on the sticky stuff is gonna oh, it's yeah. gonna it's gonna rebound a little bit for the hitters. You've already seen it in like a week. The numbers are going up offensively, which is good because I mean nobody wants to go out there and see guys hit two thirty across the league. No, it's two thirty six. The week that uh, all of a sudden they started looking a little bit. What are they doing? What are they doing? And we'll get the David Sampson's, the former uh, president of the Marlins. He's great. He does a podcast on. Our uh, our sister network CBS Sports, and uh, he, he come. He's 15 year president of the of the Miami Marlins, so he's got some you know perspective into what these guys are doing, what they did, and what Major League Baseball 
is deciding to do with it. But, by the way, the Red Sox, a little two-game set against the Atlanta Braves. Uh, they swept them. So the uh, three straight wins. Three straight wins for the Boston Red Sox. Uh, they'd lost two straight. They've won three straight. So the Royals try to get things going against the Red Sox tomorrow. You and I will talk to a lot of Royals this weekend on Saturday and Sunday, getting you prepared for that game. But as I mentioned, 87 days until the home opener against the Cleveland Browns. And we'll get to it. I, you know, I, I'm by no means do I like the Cleveland Browns. No means. There's a difference between healthy respect and overlooking. And let's just say, I mean, I don't have a dog in the fight. You know, I'm not one of the players that has to respect opponents or whatever you should. Hey, every team's a great team. Hell, I had a high school coach. We could be playing a team that hadn't won a game in two years, and that'd be the best damn team we were playing all week, right? Or all year. Close losses, man. Close losses. Mm -hmm. That's all they're for. But regardless, Cleveland Browns, Chiefs make a little bit of news today. Um... Darius Shepard signing with 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 the Chiefs and waived uh, Martinez Rankin. Rankin wasn't going to be on this team anyway. I mean, the, the offensive line maybe last year, you know, he was. This year, it's much different with the talent and depth the Chiefs have across the offensive line. Darius Shepard's an interesting story, and then this this this, this dates me, my man. So Darius Shepard played at Blue Springs, right? He was a star at Blue Springs High School. He goes to North Dakota State, won three national titles there. His dad, Lou. It was former dad. Like, like, like my dad, uh, we both lost our fathers. But I played against his dad in high school, man, Lou. Lou was a stud, man. Then he went to Mizzou. But that was his dad. I mean, his father and son at Blue Springs, Blue Springs standouts. But uh, Lou was his father who played at Blue Springs, and that kind of brought back you know a lot of memories when the Chiefs go out and they sign uh, Darius Shepard. But there's been several themes this week. Um with the Kansas City Chiefs. Andy Reid did speak today. This is it for the Chiefs. They'll show up in training camp. And we got Pete Sweeney joining us later. I know he was on with the drive, but we got to get Pete now because, well, <laughs> Pete's already dug the hole, man. He's going to go climb under it. Still do some stories, you know, but he's got a little time off before peak Pete season, right? Stuff hits the fan during the regular season in training camp. He's got to do his deal. But I'll ask him about Cleveland, where he stands with the Cleveland Browns because – I've heard him with Fesco mention the Chargers. Like, Pete is one of those people buying into the Chargers. I'm not. Like, I'm buying into Cleveland more than the Chargers. You know why? You know where I live? You know where I live, son? What state do I live in? Missouri. That's right. What's the motto? Show me. That's right. Show me something, Chargers. Everybody's darling every year. Then you get hurt and you pee down your leg. Then you go get a defensive coordinator as a head coach, and you pass on Eric Bieniemy, who played in the Super Bowl for your organization. I digress. Do and hey, listen. I like Rashawn Slater. They drafted on the offensive line. They got Corey Lindsey. He was the center for Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. So they've added you know depth there. Derwin James is coming back. So there's some there's some potential there. Still, first five games of the season for the Chiefs. Yeah, they get the, they get the Browns. They get the Ravens. They've got those Chargers. Then they get the Bills in Week Five. That's a lot of fun in the first five weeks of the season, Nick. That is a lot of fun. I assume you'll be out there at every single game. Absolutely. Were, were you able to go to every game with the pandemic last year? Uh, they didn't. So they didn't do like the full season ticket package last year. So we went. Well, to, I'm just wondering how you, if you still got in. Yeah, we got into a couple of them. We went to uh, went to the two playoff games. And then we went to the home opener against the Texans. 
So it was it was cool to be out there, but man, I cannot wait to get full capacity Arrowhead. Cleveland coming to town. It's gonna be it's gonna be something else. It's it's like I don't know about you, Bank, but lately, you know, it started kind of back at the PGA tournament, seeing that crowd around Phil Mickelson, and then watching like the College no. World Series. That's when I thought it was this, back, man. Yeah, all the this, Mickelson, the Mickelson. That's what PGA. I thought too. That was when I was like, ooh, and then we you know the NBA US playoffs Open going now. By the way. Yeah, right. And then like NBA playoffs with the Knicks and Madison Square Garden packed. And like I saw a game, saw some highlights from a game at Wrigley Field and it was sold out and everything. I feel like we're really going to feel like we're fully back when it comes to sports. Opening day, Chiefs Browns, packed Arrowhead Stadium. Can't wait. You know, it's weird. And I'll talk to Pete about that, too, because I think like you, when you see a lot of Chiefs fans, like, they're ready to celebrate. I know they were a little tentative going to the I – because mean, this is limited capacity for Chiefs, right? You couldn't all go. They couldn't all go watch the banner. And the Chiefs were, what, next to the Cowboys in most attendance last year, but it was still different. Yeah. It was still different with all the regulations. You, cr- I cross my fingers every week. Like, I worried when Mahomes was hugging Gilmore. Mm-hmm. I was like, damn it, we don't want to lose him for two weeks. You know, we don't want to camp. I was really sweating the playoffs, all right? I was like – Put him in bubble wrap. I mean, he was doing things. He was staying away from his wife, Brittany, or his uh, girlfriend, Brittany. He was staying away from people, social distance, doing all this. And it's like, man, your season hangs in the balance. Because we saw games played on Tuesday, on Wednesday. We saw some screwed up things. But you know what? To the NFL's credit, 256 regular season games, they got all 256 in. You know, we have the bubble in the NHL. We had the, well, then we did. We had the bubble in the NHL. We had the bubble in the NBA. Major League Baseball played in front of cardboard, but the NFL, a full contact sport, cut all the games in. I mean, really, hats off to what they did. I mean, look back at this year. The draft was a huge success, and people were telling Goodell not to do it. You shouldn't do it. It ended up being something that they'll incorporate for because you got to see these guys' families, their kids running around behind Belichick's dog. I mean, it humanized the hell out of them, and it became a success when everybody said it was going to be a failure. But Goodell stuck to his gun and said, I'm doing it. Yeah, I'm doing it. We're doing it. And he almost fell asleep in that chair in his den. Yeah, he did. But you know what? That's part of the end. They brought the chair to the last year's draft. You yeah, know, they, the was, chair became yeah, famous. That's funny. But the bottom line is, I'm with you. I had my aha moment with Mickelson, with Kepka at the PGA, because that's a Tiger crowd, man. Oh, yeah. That, that reminded me of those. I, that was my aha moment. I mean, I've seen, okay, I've seen stadiums. We've seen fans at NFL games. We started seeing... You know, baseball opened the gates. I mean, the Royals have been full capacity, but no one's been filling. Yeah. I mean, it's always You know hard. what I'm saying? Yeah. But the bottom line is, like, that was my moment. Like, okay, because you, I watched the PGA last year when nobody was there. Yeah. And personally, if I was a golfer, I, I'm a man of the people. but probably like it because I don't like when people watch your golf shots. Oh, Like, man. I never have, like, man. the tee box. You got people behind you. Somebody says, hey, you guys can play through. There's no, like, I've never had more pressure on me to hit a good shot and not shank it in my entire life. But that was that was my moment, I guess. Yeah, me too. You're gonna have a moment, so that was yours too. Yeah, no, I just remember sitting there and like watching like this back. massive sea of people following Phil Mickelson, and like Brooks couldn't even get through the crowd. It was crazy. And nah, we're he like, was right. whining about him trying to hurt yeah. his leg. We're which like, is oh, total nonsense. We're full back though. Come that's on, that's when I thought about it because it did remind me of like when Tiger won the Masters yeah, absolutely. a few years back, and everybody was following him down the 18th fairway. It was the same kind of deal and. With somebody like Phil, too, who's been around for so long, it was just like this this really cool, like almost nostalgic kind of feeling to that where, you know, we've been starved for sports. And I'm so glad that they were able to get most of the sports leagues like 
back to playing games last year, even without fans. Like I was very thankful for that, but it wasn't fully exactly what we love about sports until now. It seemed weird. Even watching the right. Royals when they go to places and there's fans. Yeah. It's great. Then they go to Oakland. Yeah. Severe limited attendance. They're going to open things up here in about a month, but still seeing those damn cardboard cutouts behind home plate. I'm tired of those, man. Yeah, man. I mean, that's it's so 2020, man. Let's, let's leave that in the past. Let's move back. Let's never get back. Let's move past the cardboard. Absolutely. Right? They, they had way too much fun with those. It was a cute thing at first. It was cool, but I'm tired of it. But now we're starting to see it open back up. But that was my aha moment in sports. And this year with training camp in July, 20, 29 teams can start on the same day. Steelers can, and Cowboys can start earlier because they're in the Hall of Fame game. They actually have four preseason games which sucks for them, but it would have been five. It's usually five, yeah. but they've cut it back to three games, so it's your fourth game. So they do have to play. And then the Bucks naturally can start three days earlier, too, because the CBA, because they're playing first Thursday night. And you say, why is 29? Well, the Cowboys are playing the Bucks in that game, and they already can start practicing early. But Peter King got me excited because he put it on a column. Hey, he, he mentioned the word Midnight Madness. This is like back in early April. And I was like, all right, let's do this. Let's do this midnight thing. Let's go up to St. Joe and celebrate. People are ready to do it. They're pit up, man. They're ready to roll, man. And then a couple weeks later, he wrote a Monday morning quarterback talking about a football fest on a Saturday. I'm like, eh. All teams do that. If the Chiefs came out and said, we're doing it on midnight, James Palmer's ass, Peter Schrager, somebody would be here for it. They'd be doing it. I think fans, because I've talked to Pete off the record about this. We'll talk to him tonight on the record about this. How much, how much, and I've talked to people. People would go up there. I had callers one night from Nebraska and everyone said, I'll, I'll get there at midnight. Because you didn't get to do it last year. You didn't get to celebrate. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was cool that Kansas City won a ring. It was cool that Kansas City got a parade because that was right where crap was, was getting shut down. No, that man. was like the last thing that we got to that do. Was was the last, that was the last thing. Close to right a million there. people crammed yeah. outside yeah. in 20 degree weather. Yeah. You know. And then it just poof, stopped. Yeah. But, but you didn't have that like full victory lap. You, know? you didn't have the full victory lap. Yeah. This year you do. Yeah. Because training camp last year would have been insane. Coming off that Super Bowl, I mean, people would have been up there getting autograph lines. I mean, they'd be showing their enthusiasm for the Chiefs. They'd be ready for the banner being released. I know some people got to see it. A lot of people didn't. For some reason, I think people are going to be excited about it. And autographs may not happen. I mean, they put these protocols right. out here where the fans have to stay away from the players or whatever. So. Don't get your hopes on that uh, at this point. May not happen. We'll have to see what happens. I'm with you, though, man. Like, everybody in Chiefs Kingdom out there is going to be so pumped about this season because not only is it kind of like a return to normalcy and all that, but it's a lot like what all the players have been saying about, you know, it's kind of like a revenge tour now. You oh, went out and you got embarrassed in the Super Bowl by Tom yeah. Brady. That's what makes it interesting. Oh, man, that gives you even more motivation as a player, as a coach, and as a fan to go out there and win the whole thing than trying to go back to back. Hey, days. listen, I'd love them if they were, you know, two straight going for three straight. Yeah. No question. But when you lose that Super Bowl, it leaves a bad thing. The players Especially don't talk the about way the bad. you did, too. Well, fans, I mean, I mean, it wasn't close. Listen, I, I yeah. don't take it for granted. I don't want to, I mean, yeah, I don't want to like get into it. I'm but. 40 years old. I, I finally saw the Super Bowl two years ago, all right? Yeah. So I, they're in it again. And I, okay, it was a loss, but. You went to the end of the line. That's the furthest you could go right. is the SB. You're playing in the last game of the season. You didn't win it. The Chiefs rectified it. I'm curious to see the uh, transitions on the offensive line, and it's go time. But I'm not taking it for granted. You know, they got that ring at the beginning. I'm glad they got that out of the way. 
But it turns into fun again this year. Andy Reid spoke last day of minicamp today. They were a lot earlier today. Some teams didn't even – well, some te- but most teams had minicamp, but the OTAs they didn't do. And some teams like Denver and these teams out saying we're not doing it, thinking everybody else is going to jump. Remind me of the Big Ten. We're not going to play football, but right. no, nobody else like got in line with them. Everybody else is like, well, we kind of like want to no, play football. Like nobody else jumped Actually, in line behind them. Yeah. Come on, SEC. Come on, Big 12. They didn't do it. Uh, yeah, and then yeah. all of a sudden, they had to come back and play football again. Yeah. Because everybody else was. I digress. Andy Reid next. Bing at night. Welcome back to Big at Night. Jay Binkley, Nick Price producing the operation. Andy Reid spoke today. The last time you hear from Big Red up until training camp. His thoughts overall on this mini camp in the OTAs he's had recently. We had that rookie mini camp. We've had three rounds of OTAs, and this week was the culmination of it all, the final day of mandatory mini camp. Yeah, listen, I, I told the players this. And, um, first of all, I appreciated their attendance um, during during this time. Uh, we have a lot. We have a lot of new faces, and so it gave us a great introduction um, to to the offense, defense, and special teams. So, um, w- which I thought was was huge for us. And then uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and fine tune everything once we get up to <clears throat> once we get up to training camp. Uh, but again, I, I thought it went well, Adam. I, I liked uh, the attitude of the guys. They came in ready to work. And uh, that's what they did. They finished up here um, with a little conditioning drill, and, and uh, they did great on that. So um, they're, they've got a good mindset. And as, as coaches, we appreciate that. See, he's glad they showed up. For the most part, the Chiefs, they did have some messes here and there, but everybody showed up, right? Remember what Miles Garrett said last week when asked by reporter Tony Grossi from Cleveland? Because I give Miles Garrett credit, he showed up. A lot of the team didn't, including Baker at the OTAs. This is Miles Garrett. Then I'll play what Andy Reid had to say. Miles, um, of course, you suffered through an 0-16 season, and now the team is a Super Bowl contender. I'm wondering, when you see that the Chiefs have such a large attendance at their OTAs, do you feel the Browns are falling behind a, a two-time AFC champion? Not at all. I'm glad they, they have attendance, but just because they're getting – can work at you know their facility doesn't mean we're not working just because we're we're away. Our defense is getting work. I got you know working on their craft just away from home. Uh, we have that freedom and that liberty. And you no, know, you know when we get to game one, we'll see who who has been gelling better and who's who who's got the, the upper hand. There's bulletin board material right there. We'll see who's got the upper hand. And give him credit because he showed up right. But a lot yeah, of them, yeah. they, they had like 30 misses at the OTs. Bottom line is. The Chiefs didn't have to show up either, right? But they did. Yeah, yeah. You know, they only say, you know, those that work harder, right? Good things happen to those that work harder. The Chiefs have been the back-to-back Super Bowls. They've been the three straight AFC title games. They could say, you know, we get the beach and stuff. We don't need to go to voluntary minicamp. But no, they show up here. What's the reason? They want to win again. They're pissed, right? So the Chiefs show up. Of all teams that could probably sandbag the thing, it's the Chiefs. Oh, yeah. They get the same coaches back, the same players are back. For the most part, there's some new people yeah, sprinkled. Yeah. The Buccaneers, they got everybody actually back for this year. They run it back without calling it run it back because they don't like that term, but it's what they're doing. Yeah. 
But the Chiefs could have seen Magnet. And not done it, but they did it all. I mean, the Chiefs slept walk through the regular season last year. Yeah. So you know that they know in the back of their mind, like, yeah, we have a similar path to get to the playoffs as we did last year. You know, we just got to go out there and do just enough to win games. They wanted to get better, and it's yeah. a good sign. And what happened out there was a good sign. And Andy Reid was asked about, you know, this offseason compared to last. Because let me tell you this much. Like, he loved that because the guys were there. Like, I'm sure Andy Reid's in the technology and the Zoom. And, but let's be honest. Are you tired? Raise your hand out there if you're tired of Zoom, man. I am. I'll be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I've done enough Zooms. I had some people say, man, let's do a Zoom happy hour. And I was like, eh, I haven't seen these bros in a while, sure. But it sucked, man. It was like, you know, cheers, blah. I even had to do my chug-offs on Zoom. Yeah, it was Company all right policy. for a while. Yeah, but it means, It's kind of run its course. But seeing somebody face-to-face is so much better, man. I mean, it's absolutely. Day, but being a coach, yeah. Here was Andy Reid comparing last offseason this offseason. Yeah, so listen, on, on these Zoom calls, as you know, I mean, you can you can install, you can do all that that uh, you can talk about fundamentals and techniques, but uh, you can't you can't work on them, and that's just what's real. Um, so uh, the, this gives you an opportunity to actually run the play and and, and work on the fundamentals and techniques and uh, let the players after the coaches have evaluated their last season uh, to sit there and help them get better with, with the, again, techniques and fundamentals that they might need this season. So I, I think it's a win-win. I think it's great to have the technology, uh, but at the same time, <clears throat> I think it's important that we we're still able to get them on the field. And I, I said this before, I think it's important that coaches handle it the right way and, uh, try to keep the players as safe as they possibly can. If that uh, For us, if that means giving up the run game part of it. Uh, we did that versus air and bags, but we, we didn't do it against each other. Then that that's what we do. You know, so you, you gotta, gotta try to keep them as safe as you possibly can. I get it, man. I get it. He's a coach's coach. Oh yeah. It's much different if you're out there on the field and you can see Orlando Brown and Tooney and you can talk to Patrick it helps his offense, too, because Pat even talked about, and I'll get to it, about the experimenting they could do. Because I feel the Chiefs will get better on offense this year. You must say, well, they're missing wide receivers. True. Sammy Watkins is gone. Not a big deal at all. Trust he me. wasn't there that much anyway. Byron Pringle gained their trust. He's an Andy Reid circle trust. He catches the first pass of the Super Bowl. Sure. Like, he's busted his ass. McCall Hardman, they're saying good things about him, his teammates. like Because he, he needs to take the next step. He and I feel Demarcus Robinson does, too. Because it's now two off-seasons he didn't get the uh, Wendy's major bag alert. Yep. I remember him on NFL Network two years ago after the Super Bowl. They were like, oh, man, you're going to get the bag. And there was no bag. He's got to prove himself still. Like, this team's got a bunch of prove-it dudes. Frank Clark's got to prove it to continue with the Chiefs. Absolutely. Jaron Reed's on a one-year prove-it deal, which he's going to do because this guy's a proven player that's getting better and better. One-year contract. Bags coming. This is good for the Chiefs. Salary cap's coming up. You got a bunch of guys that want to go out there and prove it. Now Jones going to end. Hey, if he can prove he can be down on the end like he has been in the in the interior, look out. But you got a bunch of dudes that want to prove themselves, especially a wide receiver. The good news is though, Clyde Edwards, and he talked a lot yesterday and we played it. He's been working a lot on the the, the hands, the catching the football. They did five man protections at LSU, and he really wasn't asked to block for Joe Burrow. But since 2000, 98 running backs from the SEC have been drafted, including this year. 
16 first-rounders with Najee Harris going this year. They only had three in the SEC draft this year. That's a pretty low number, but 98 since 2000. In the history of that conference, Clyde is the only one with 1,000 yards and 50 catches. That's insane. That's wild. He even talked yesterday, Clyde did, about how they've been moving him around. And he mentioned the word slot, and he mentioned the word outside receiver. All right, these are all plans to supplement catches. And at this point, Noah Gray's been one of the stars of training. Everybody's talking about the tight end Noah Gray. Everybody I loves the fifth round pick. Everybody loves Noah Gray. I, I made a burrito bet with CDOT. Even though you and I know damn well, he'll never pay it. We made a simple bet. I said Noah Gray would get 15 catches. That's it. 15 catches? 15 catches All for year. a burrito. He already owes me one for the Kurt Warner interview. That's a good bet. Back fall. And he's a Hall of Famer and won a double meet. He even tells Kurt Warner he got the interview because of a burrito. I felt bad because they had Kurt on later, and I was like, I traded this guy for a burrito. <laughs> but you know what? I was hungry. But you know what? I haven't seen it. But I did have him on later. But the bottom line is, here was Clyde. Here was Andy Reid's thoughts on Clyde coming in. Because Clyde's been hitting the jugs machines and everything out, working on those hands. Yeah, I think that's good. You know, we we didn't have a huge expanded role for him in the past game. Just kind of getting him in the swing of the defenses at the NFL plays and then all the run plays that we have and the routes that we did have uh, that, you know, tie in with everybody. But uh, we've tried to give him a little bit more this offseason, and um, he's handled it well. Uh, look forward to getting him out of training camp where we can keep growing in that area. Coming up next, get you Andy Reid's thoughts about Jones, Jones 10. That was the hot take last night, yesterday, uh, Nick. If you watched any of the news channels, everybody talking about Jones on the outside. You know, little did they know they were there. At the, Spags talked about this two weeks ago, right? Like, that was the alert there. Like, and everybody's been following up on Spags' comments because Spags kind of let the cat out of the bag. So everybody's running with it. But it was Spags that said it two weeks ago. I went back last night because I was bored and I listened to Spags from the 27th. And I got a little nugget from Spags, and I'll bring it up because it's him talking about moving Jones to the outside. But he addresses Le'Veon Bell comments. And I will tell you why Andy Reid is better than your coach next. Bing at night. Welcome back to Big and Night, Jay Binkley, Nick Price, Patrick Mahomes on the Madden cover. Two out of his three years, man. Isn't that crazy? There's That's only, wild. There's only been three people on it multiple times. Madden, of course, because he was on all of them in the beginning. Brady twice, Mahomes twice. And how the streak has been broken, the curse. I used to believe in the curse, but it's been... I mean, <laughs> yeah, the curse was standing up for a while. It was. Just like Sports Illustrated, it was a, it was a real curse. Mm-hmm. Text line, J Southland Toe Service text line, 913-576-7610 from the 831. CDOT said all you had to do was go pick up your food. It's not... It's not the deal, man. <laughs> the deal is not me going over there and getting it. You got to bring me a burrito. That was the deal. It wasn't even a bet. I mean, the, I put it as a bet. It wasn't a bet. It was, hey, do you want Kurt Warner? Him and Rob. And I was like, because I blame Rob, too. And they said, yeah. This is during the heat of football season. Kurt was going to come home with me at night. I was being a nice guy. I said, he want Kurt Warner. All I want is a Chipotle burrito. Just bring it in. I don't want to go get it. You go get it. That's what I want. Double meat because he's a Hall of Famer. Don't Venmo me the money or whatever. Go get it. That's part of the deal, man. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the allure of the deal, right? You get a burrito brought to you. Well, anyway, we have a 15 catch on Noah Gray for another one. Okay. If he catches 15, I get 
Is this well, one also double meat? No, it's single. Because he's because he's not a Hall of Famer. Put it this way, I'm, I won't ever see it. Yeah, but we'll see. If he doesn't, then we're even, and we just call it even. But whatever, I would have paid him but anyway. Here's Andy Reid, or no? Let's, let's go back here, because yesterday was the hot topic. It's funny how these topics run. To me, a good news story yesterday would have been Clyde, because the news stations they look for that one nugget, right? I listen to everything. I'll go. I'll go listen to opposing coaches. During the week, I, I have a history of doing that. I know like, you do. So some say some really interesting things. Yeah, like Fangio in Denver. I can't stand him as a head coach, but damn, is he fun to listen to? He makes comparisons to Bo Jackson and Tyree Kill. Like he is Mister Comparison as Vic Fangio. Like he's fun to listen to. Another guy is Wink Martindale, the defensive coordinator of the Ravens, because he'll talk about Mahomes and say there's two plays: the one they call and the one Mahomes does. He turns every game into a backyard football game. I mean, that's that's the stuff I'm here for, right? So I listened to it, but this is Spags. So last night, I went back and listened to Spags from a couple weeks ago. Like, how this whole Jones-Edge thing start? Because everybody's just going with it, right? There was two nuggets yesterday that really stood out to me. Clyde Edwards saying they've been using him in the slot, which they've got a lot of these Z-type guys, because Tyree Kills is actually the best receivers, typically your X. He runs the Z because he's off ball. But regardless, this is what this is what got everything started when Spags was talking about Jones two weeks ago. Because he is an imposing player inside. We all know that. Um, if we move him outside on a, on a number of the snaps, and he's going to have to have, uh, he's going to be have to be flexible to do both. Uh, we will miss that. Hopefully, we will gain something on the edge. When somebody changes a position, obviously the first hurdle is the mental part of it. So Chris is working through that, and he's been great. Uh, he, he's been here and been part of the whole thing, and I think that's important when you change a position. It's just not that easy to pick up a whole new spot and we do some different things with the defensive end. So uh, he'll play out there a little bit, you know, we'll move him back inside when we have to, but I think it's a great point that you're making. I think your question is how do you balance that? I'm not sure how you do that yet. Um, maybe it'll come down to, and I think we'll probably do a little bit of this. We'll come down to who we're playing and where maybe we can find a weakness and uh, maybe expose that weakness you know, in, in the five offensive linemen, but all of that, we just got to get him used to playing the two spots right now and figure out the rest of it later on. See, that, and that matters. It matters where Spags wants to put you, right? Remember everybody asking about D Ford back when Spags, he goes, I don't know what we're going to do with him. You know, let's wait and see. And they end up trading him because they realized, okay, he doesn't fit here. But just because like everybody's talking about Jones and asking Reed about him, asking Jones about it, asking, this is the guy that's going to say where he's going to be. And Brendan Daly, the defensive line coach, they're going to decide where he goes. But here's the thing. Like we talk about Clyde being that extra, you know, added ingredient to the passing game. Or running 12 personnel with two tight ends and Noah Gray getting some catches. This defensive version of that, Nick, because if Jaron Reed is in the inside with Chris Jones, it's the best in football. Doug Farrar from USA Today, he, he geeked out on this. He ranks... Best players with which technique they were in. The four technique, the three technique, the five, the seven, the wide nine. Different techniques. It's how you move players, head up the guard, head up the tackle, head up the tight end, or outside the tight end if you're six or seven. But regardless, the best four-eye guy was Jaron Reed. The best three technique was Chris Jones. Again, that's his bread and butter. That's where he's the best at, right? And interior pass rush, they're going to move him around. Like he's going to be, he'll be a defensive end, but he'll move to the inside as well. It'll be something the quarterback walks up there. All right, where's Jones at? 
The offensive line, okay, where's Jones? Jones is just on the outside a second ago. Now he's on the inside. Now what's the interior offensive line going to do? You got him and Reed coming after you. I know they want to use Naughty a lot too. Jaron Reed's kind of been the missing puzzle in this whole thing because of the versatility. But Mike, I think it's going to be where's Waldo? Where's Jones? Where's Jones going to be? Andy Reed was even asked about that today with uh, Jones uh, getting moved to the outside like everybody's talking about. Yeah, sure. No, <clears throat> and the, the one thing it does, it gives us flexibility. I mentioned that Jaron Reed was, uh, uh, you know, was, it hasn't been talked about much, but I, I look at him as kind of a key cog to that, um, you know, that ability to move Chris around. And and so uh, he's a, he's been a heck of a football player in this league. Uh, and he's an interior player. So uh, it gives us some flexibility with Chris to move him in or out. And I know, I know he likes getting out there to rush the passer. He's looked pretty good uh, doing it here in short. So we'll see how it works out with, with pads on. The bottom line is Andy Reid and Steve Spagnuolo will decide where you play and what's more effective for the Kansas City Chiefs. So don't get all this enamored. He's going to the outside. He's your new defensive end. They're going to use him at both, all right? Yeah. Because they still get Taco Charlton and these guys. are going to. Jones will be on the inside to create heaven. I mean, that's where it's been his bread and butter. So he's been great. His, his last 13 games at Mississippi State, he was on the inside. Now, if they were 3-4, he makes a good 3-4 defensive end. Now, a 4-3, he's more of a, well, could be defensive end, probably better at the inside, like a three-technique type guy, Chris Jones. But it's going to be at their discretion. And like Spag said, it's about creating weaknesses. That's what you got to do. It's chess match. You got to figure those weaknesses out. Now, we all know what Le'Veon Bell said, and he's backed the bus up on it, saying, well, you know, I didn't mean everything, because all the players are giving him criticism. This guy trying to get a job, do you realize that 25% of this league, Le'Veon, is Andy Reid or his former assistant coaches, his head coaches? You just burned a quarter of the league. And the other three quarters are calling Andy Reid to ask what kind of guy you are, all right? That's what's going to happen. So Andy Reid was asked about it. High road or low road? Which road do you think he takes? Of course, Andy Reid's going to take the high road when asked about Le'Veon Bell's comments, which were, I'd rather retire than play for Andy Reid, which is a load of crap. Listen, I, I really enjoyed my time with him here. So um, I, uh, I, I appreciated the way he handled things and, and did his business. And he has some productive downs for us. And I'm pulling for him in the future. I mean, that's how... That's how I roll. I mean, people say things, they say things. So um, I, I just, I move on and I uh, wish him the best, you know. That's the high road right there. There's no, there's no pro football talk getting in the mix. Oh, mm. they're going back and forth, war of words. He ended it right there. He was going to squash it. You knew it. He dropped the money. Of course he is. Yeah. But this is what makes Andy Reid great. You know what it does? Because Andy Reid is one of the first few coaches which there are some like Belichick and others, Saban's another one, that have the unique ability to be loved by their players but feared by their players at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like there's a, That's a unique ability to have the, be kind of a player's coach but yet have a doghouse where they don't want to cross you because when they cross you, you're in the doghouse. And it's so tough getting out of it. Andy Reid's got a doghouse, all right? We've seen it. There's some guys that aren't in it, like Darrell Williams. He's out of it. You know, he's getting playing time. Byron Pringle, not in it, right? They've earned Andy's trust. There's no question to me that he probably told Le'Veon Bell some, some truth he needed to hear. 
But you know, you can't be everybody's buddy, but this is what makes Andy Reid good, right? Guys want to play for him. They respect him. I remember the day he was hired, players, oh, it's Andy Reid's got a lot of street cred coming in here. You know, this guy, mm-hmm. you know, this guy's got a lot of cred. He didn't have NFL cred as a player, but he does as a coach. He had to, he had to earn that trust, and he got it. Former players just rave about him. But there's a fine line between being any, any kind of manager. You can't always be hunky-dory, give everybody a hug, love, you're a great player, you're a great employee, whatever. you got to have a hard line, too. It is so delicate to have that fine line where you can be mean and yet respect it at the same time. There's only a few guys that can do it. And we've seen a lot of coaches that can't do it, like an Adam Gase that players laugh at, who doesn't get their trust. Guys like Tomlin, I'll throw him in there too. That They want to play for him, and they'll, they'll run through a wall for you, but you don't want to cross him. Right. Like, you don't want to cross Andy Reid. He seems like a great guy, you know, happy-go-lucky, go have a cheeseburger with Andy Reid. Where's Tommy Bahama? That's all cool, but don't piss him off. Yeah. I think it's a respect thing at the end of the day. I think that people... Like Andy has always shown and like through stories that you hear from former players and coaches and everything, he's always shown that kind of respect to you when you're working for him. And then in return, it's it's a reciprocal thing there where people respect him. That's why, you know, I mean, I think Carrington hit the nail on the head with Le'Veon the other day when he said, basically, you know, it's kind of like a recruiting tour where when he was recruited by the Chiefs, he had a conversation that was like, yeah, I think we can use him this way and that way. And then. Turned out he just wasn't that good, and he got buried in the depth chart, and it's over. Which you know? I can understand why they wanted him. When he yeah. when he was rolling in pit, he was oh. considered the best blocker in the NFL. Yeah, which is not a trait you see from elite running backs, right? That have that trait too. Right. That are unselfish, willing to block. Plus, he could catch out of the backfield. He was a good fit, right? Veteran player, the players liked him. But you know what? You come here and you don't fit in. You don't have the playbook down. You don't understand. They got a half billion dollar quarterback back there, you got to know what the hell you're doing. So he got some hard truth, in my opinion. I don't know the details, but I'm just saying there was probably some tough love there, which is fine because those are the guys you respect. I couldn't stand my high school football coach when I played. Now we go out and have breakfast every month. You know what I'm saying? It's a different deal between respect and he's got it. Like Andy Reid's got both. He walks both lines. He's tough, but yet fun-loving. He knows when to be just like the Chiefs. Just like a couple years ago in the snow, Denver Broncos, they're out there making snow angels. They're having fun. But they know when the game starts to turn it off. Like you have to have that switch, that light switch, turn on and off your aggression in what you can do. Andy Reid also updates Patrick Mahomes, and Patrick Mahomes updates Patrick Mahomes. We'll do that next. Bing at night. Welcome back to Big at Night. We'll talk to Pete Sweeney coming up here in about seven minutes. Jay Binkley, Nick Price. We were talking during the break. I told Nick, man, because I brought it up before. Like if a coach had amnesia and goes and watches practice, doesn't know where you were drafted, doesn't know how much money you make, he's just going to play the best players at each position. Because oftentimes it's where you're drafted, how much money you make is the players on your team. Like he'd be the perfect guy because – Honestly, Andy does not give a crap how much money you make. He doesn't care where you're drafted. He doesn't care if your name's Le'Veon Bell, one of the most feared running backs in the history of this game. Doesn't care. He's got Shavarius Ward, undrafted. Byron Pringle, undrafted. Darrell Williams, undrafted. 
But he doesn't care, man. He'll play Daryl Williams over Le'Veon Bell without a blink of an eye. Yeah, because it's the best thing to help the team win. Yes. You know, we were just talking about it, like, with LaShawn McCoy a couple of years ago. I mean, like, those guys, like, they have such a relationship from their time in Philly and everything. And, I mean, you could even tell it when they had that reunion and, he, you know, McCoy comes up and gives Andy the biggest hug in the world. Like, they love each other personally. But at the end of the day, at the end of that playoff run, other guys gave them a better chance to win. And so it was like, hey, no hard feelings, sure. but I can't play you here. Sure. Texline's asking me, do, you th- do I think Andy Reid was out coached at the Super Bowl? You know what? I don't. I really don't. The beat, beat Bruce Arians earlier in the year. When it, Actually, Tampa came to life in that second half. And yeah. then it was good the rest of the year because they'd been struggling. They yeah. didn't win their division. And they, and, and they, well, Tampa came back on them. After that first quarter where Tyree Kill just could not be stopped. Andy Reid could not block for Patrick Mahomes in that game. That Him not having time was one of the major. There was a lot of deficiencies in that game, and we could point fingers on defense or offense. Um, I do think injuries came to play. And I give Andy Reid and Bruce Arians a lot of credit. Dealing with all they dealt with, which they dealt with a lot, with missing players, protocols, having to deal with it, you know, having to change up what you're doing for training camp and everything else. The, the teams that could adjust to it won. Like Alabama won a national title. Why? Because Nick Saban's not phased by that. He'll find a way to overcome it and win. Debo Sweeney made the playoffs because he could find it over way. There's no mystery. Like Bruce Arians found a way. Tom Brady found a way. There's a reason why winners win and losers lose. Look at last year, the biggest test of their life. And Mahomes and Brady end up at the Super Bowl. Shocker? No. They have the Madden cover? Yes. Sometimes you're going to get beat, man. But it's the ultimate. You made it to the penultimate game. Yeah. I mean, AFC champions. I think it's okay to say that Andy was outcoached in the Super Bowl just because strategically maybe a little bit because I think they did a better job on Tyree Kill and stuff, but he didn't have time to throw. Yeah, and I also like, I mean, obviously the injuries are the number one thing, right? I think that they could have done a little bit different than shuffling the whole O-line and all that kind of stuff. You lose your tackles, man. Yeah, at the end of the day, though, I I just think that like Bruce Arians did a hell of a job adjusting from that first matchup. The whole team did. You know, and Byron whole, Leftwich did a great yeah. job, too, as offensive so, coordinator. They did a great job. That's why I say, like, it's fair to say that Andy was outcoached. It's not like he did, like, the worst job ever in that game. But, like, I, I think when you Bruce lose did your, a good job. I think when you lose both tackles, it puts you behind the eight ball, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, you're talking about an offensive line that had four out of their five starters from week one not available in the Super Bowl in the biggest game against a crazy good defense like that. So, Again, like I'm not putting the blame on Andy or anything, but I'm saying I don't think it's unfair to say that he was out coached just because I think Bruce Arians and Leftwich and that whole staff over there did a hell of a job of just making the Chiefs look very mortal well, for I the think, first time ever. I think Stefanski's good. I like the Browns this year, but they <laughs> you give Andy Reid all this time since May 11th. We saw what happened to the Patriots a couple years ago when the banners lowered and mm-hmm. they were Super Bowl champs. Chiefs went out there and pasted them, right? Oh, yeah. You gave Andy Reid the time. Now, him and Belichick, week to week, like if you only have one week to prepare, pretty damn even matchup. Oh, yeah. He's the one guy but you know, you that Andy gives Reed you a lot of fits. Summer, I don't care what coach is on the other sideline. He'll probably beat you. I mean, even last year, man, like uh, Belichick rolled out Brian Hoyer. And, like, they played a tough game, you know? They won seven games with crap. And that's why they added all these pieces. And Buffalo's sitting out here already giving themselves a yeah, division championship, even though – when the Patriots are full strength, they lost 32 of 35 to the Patriots. 
The Dolphins won double digits. The Jets got better with Robert Sala. Like, they got to worry about their own division before they can start worrying about the Chiefs, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And you know what? So do the Browns, the Ravens, and the Steelers. Yep. Like, they, they need to focus more on their division than what the Chiefs do. Even though the Chiefs will, because they always concentrate on the division, those teams have a better dogfight. Unless Rodgers ends up in Denver, and then we got something to talk about. Yeah, then we got a different conversation. But, I mean, so far in Mahomes' short NFL career, the only person that's ever been able to give him consistent fits sure. is, I mean, Brady and Belichick, really. Real quick before we take a timeout and, and uh, talk to Pete Sweeney, this is a Pete Sweeney question to Andy Reid about the comfortability that he has with Patrick's health. Because keep in mind, OTAs and minicamp were a big passing deal. But do you, do you have a lot of faith in the injury, 100%, when you get to training camp, it's going to be some more run-oriented type of deals. you 100% confident he can handle that. Yeah, listen, I mean, we were we were cautious with him, and he, he'll, he'll do anything. And so, um, you know, it's just a matter that we were we were smart, trying to be as smart as we possibly could with it. And, and his communication was great. He kept it open with us, and we checked with him to make sure and see how he was doing during practices and, not just the first day, but you, you want to check on third day too. So uh, to see how he's doing. And uh, he he made it through. I think this was good for him. Um, and then we'll just see how he feels once we get up to camp. But he sure got a lot of work done here, and he came out feeling pretty good. There you go. That was the Pete question. If you listen to Arrowhead Pride Radio, I always include the Pete questions, except I have Pete asking it. Because I even sometimes have Brad G going, let's go next to Pete Sweeney. Like of that and Arrowhead Pride Radio. But regardless, we'll talk to Pete Sweeney about a lot of things because they have a roulette thing. Offense, defense, and Cleveland Browns. I'll get to all three of those next. Bing at night. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.